0: And welcome to the NYK Exchange. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the NYK Exchange podcast presented by NYKInformation.com. I am your host, Sean Aquino. Chris Delgado will be joining me in a couple of minutes. And we are, it is the eve of uh, the, M- the 2016 NBA Draft, June 22nd. And just a couple of hours ago, the New York Knicks pulled off a massive trade, one that's being highly debated in Knicks land on Twitter. The Knicks have received uh, Derek Rose, Justin Holiday, and a 2017 second-round pick for Jose Calderon, 2015 first-round pick Jerrion Grant, and Robin Lopez. So that is the trade. Um, quite a doozy there between the Knicks and the Bulls, and we have so much to talk about it. We're going to talk about the salary cap implications. We are going to discuss how Derrick Rose might fit in the Jeff Hornacek offense. We're going to discuss if Justin Holliday could be something that the Knicks use um, as a swing man moving forward. Can he play some one, some two, some three? We'll talk about overall. What does this mean? $30 million. The Knicks don't have a center. Will they be starting Chris Porzingis at center? That's the major question for me because in a Hornets style offense, that would make a hell of a lot of sense. We saw how potent Carmelo Anthony was at the power forward spot in 2012-2013. His MVP season, the Knicks winning the Atlantic Division. Can Christophs Porzingis control the pink at the center position alongside Carmelo Anthony stretching the floor? I'm thinking you could start Lance Thomas once we re-sign him at the small forward position, and then you really put a nice, strong... Uh, versatile wing defender there at the small forward, and then go into free agency and look for a shooting guard that can defend because Derrick Rose has become the borderline liability on defense at the point guard spot. And that's something I think might be overlooked by most Knicks fans because of the name and the attraction of Derrick Rose. And then that's kind of my major concern here. The Knicks needed to make a decision in terms of what direction we were going, and the Knicks may have made a move here that allows them some flexibility because this is only a one-year deal for Derrick Rose. Now, you give up on a young point guard going into a second year in Jerry and Grant. You give up on a guy who's got better within the triangle offense, who's only 27, 28 years old, and Robin Lopez, who has three more years left on a very sensible contract. Now, either Horace and Phil have come to the conclusion that we're going to start KP at center and get a capable backup center who can play 25 minutes a game if need be. And you have two guys on the market in Joakim, Noah and Paul Gasol, who fit that need perfectly. But just how much will Noah and Gasol cost? Because right now, the Knicks need to truly worry about getting that uh, shooting guard situation figured out. And there are a couple of, of, of pretty solid shooting guards on the market. This is the, for me, the market is filled with very solid shooting guard options compared to next summer, where next summer, you have a ton of point guard options. Now, by me saying we have a ton of point guard options, one of those point guard options is Derek Rose. And that's another thing that Knicks fans are not necessarily thinking about. It is the fact that Derek Rose is going to be an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2017. And with that in mind, what kind of a financial implication could that have moving forward? Can Derek Rose be someone who is going to command a $30-plus per year contract? And that may, be, may very well be the case if he ends up playing above his expectations. And uh, we're going to take a look at the numbers moving forward for Derrick Rose in terms of what he's done over the last couple of years. And uh, we're going to talk about that with Chris. who will be joining me in a second. But I, I'm curious, guys, really, is it worth the risk? I could talk myself into it because it's not a terrible trade, but it's a trade I probably would not have made. And that the positive in it is that the Knicks have somewhere between 26 to $30 million to spend this year to still find a capable backup center, a starting shooting guard, and a backup point guard. And uh, that is a lot. You know, we're back before the situation. To me, the Knicks were only looking for an upgrade of point guard and shooting guard. And now you're looking for um, someone that could step up and be a starting center if, God forbid, something happens to KP or if he doesn't show the ability to handle the defensive duties and the banking down low and the rebounding at the center position. Um, that's a very serious concern. So will the Knicks be able to do that moving forward? And I think that if ever there was a market for a capable backup centers that could play 20 to 30 minutes a game, I think it's a great market in terms of veteran leadership. Two guys that could really help Porzingis grow and develop, and KP could learn a lot from them, and that's Chokim Noah and Talgo Sol. But again, at what cost? Now, I wouldn't pay them more than $10 million a year. I could see them maybe paying them a one-year deal They might be more in the you know $15 million range, but that only leaves you with about $11 to $14 million to solidify your shooting guard spot. I'm okay with Lansing Galloway being the backup shooting guard, but we still won't have a backup point guard. And with Derrick Rose's history of knee issues, that's when you get yourself into some big problems. If the Knicks don't solidify their backup point guard spot, You have a huge gap if something goes wrong with Derrick Rose, so it's risky. It could lead to a lot of problems. Derrick Rose did play 66 games last season, which um, you know is a positive, but Derrick Rose has also, you know, like we said, been very injury prone. So if we look over his career, he played 81 games in 2008, 78 games in 2009, 81 games in 2010, and then 39 games. 2011 10 games in 2013 51 games in 2014 and 66 games last season in 66 games he averaged 16.4 points 4.7 assists shot 79 percent from the line and shot 29 percent from three shooting 42 percent from the field um his steals were 0.7 less than one steal per game the blocks were 0.2 um and his career high in assists was 7.9 in the 2011-2012 season, where he also averaged 21.8 points per game. So, um, you know, the last time he's been a guy that's consistently giving you the ability, you know, to pass the ball, I mean, he averaged under five assists in each of the last three seasons. So he's become a guy that's also a guy who takes a lot of shots, which is uh, of a major concern for me moving forward. It, let me take a look here at the stats in terms of how many shots a game he's taking. He would take approximately... Actually, you know what he took about... Well, actually, he took 16 shots last season. And he took 20 shots in his uh, MVP season where he averaged 25 points and nearly 8 assists. A guy who was shooting 29% from the field last year, 28% from the field... Or, I'm sorry, 29% from three last season, 28% from three the season before. I mean, that's a major concern. Like I said, 42% from the field this year, 40.5% in 2014-15. So, could it be that Derrick Rose just simply needs a change of scenery? I'm hoping that's the case, but, you know, like I said, this is a major, a major, major risk here for the New York Knicks, and it's truly the first move that Phil Jackson has made that I I, I am questioning wholeheartedly. So as I mentioned a moment before, you have this situation where, yes, he's a free agent. Say he gets hurt. The Knicks do have their 2017 first-round pick. If he gets hurt, and the Knicks don't have a capable backup point guard. Could this be a reverse Dan hinky situation where we know that, hey, we have our own pick, so if we end up being a bottom three or five team, you know, we're going to be in the lottery, and next season we have six or seven point guard options who are top-flight point guard options in the draft, so you know, the risk on the upside is that Dev Rose ends up being great. Because of his injury issues, we maybe he doesn't need a max of thirty to thirty-five million dollars a year next summer if we re-sign for something along the lines of fifteen or twenty per year, if he has a great season. Even that I would be hesitant to do on a multi year contract. And um well, most likely if he's hurt, we'll be in the lottery and we're gonna get a top flight point guard and to to build with Chris Stapps. So that is me trying to look on the bright side of things. I mean, I don't think Jerry and Grant was ready to be the starting point card. I would know a lot of Knicks fans were noting him as a starting point card. And I think that that was far too much pressure to put on the poor kid. And I read a report just a couple of hours ago by Mark Berman of the New York Post where he mentioned that according to a source, Mike Conley was not interested in joining the New York Knicks and there was a hot debate within the Knicks front office in terms of the value of a Rajon Rondo. Some wanted him, some didn't. So those are the two top point guard options available this summer. And you can tell by the comments Steve Mills made earlier this offseason that their first focus was getting a lead guard. Well, they have a lead guard. Um, the question is, is Derek Rose the lead guard we need? So to join me to talk about that is Chris Delgado. Follow him on Twitter, at Blago, our co-host Chris, how you doing tonight, buddy?
1: Um shocked, surprised, but I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I, I had something.
0: Yeah. Up. Okay. Um, well, I just spent ten minutes talking about you know my perspective on
1: things. Go ahead. Well, what do you think? Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, I came in. I heard the. I heard you said about Mike Conley not being interested. I saw that as well. Um, you know, Rondo's debatable. But the thing I like about the trade today is one, not only did it come during Cavs victory parade. Thank you, Phil. Um, but it also, um, but also it, it's, there's no, you know, there's no marriage here. This is a year of dating. And I really don't mm-hmm. know. And I would not guess that Rose is going to be the long-term answer here. Um, but it gives it a case for New York to showcase themselves with, um, uh, with the guard, um, you know, <laughs> You know, we talked about Mike Conley and Derrick Rose, although they have different injury histories. You know, Derrick Rose played 10 more games last season than Mike Conley. Um, you know, and Mike Derrick Rose did have a, a nice little stretch off to the All-Star break, but I'm not really counting on Derrick Rose for much, um, you know, going forward. I'm just excited about the potential this creates long-term for the Knicks. This is really a, it's a move for now, but it's also a move for the future.
0: I think that is what is getting me to be a little bit more comfortable with the trade. My initial thought was, okay, one of Robin, Rob, one of Robin Lopez or Jerry and Grant, I could be fine with, but not both. To me, those are our our most marketable assets. And I would prefer to be able to use a marketable asset for a guy who is going to be a long-term piece with Chris Tass Porzingis. Looking at the free agent market in the sense of Jeff Teague and George Hill, that big trade happened, three-way trade earlier today, those are two guys that were very available. And, at the same time, were those guys that I would know that coming up in December 2017, I would need to, you know, would, would I be willing to sign them in a long-term deal? No. Um, I, I, I don't I don't really believe that those guys could be the guys to lead us forward. So when you know my colleagues off the table, I was always against the Rondo, uh, you know, signing. I think that you hit it on the head that the Knicks still have, I think they have, we're going to figure it out in a couple seconds here. I have the number, of me somewhere between 26 to $30 million to spend this summer, at least. Um, and they've upgraded their point guard position. And if they're truly dedicated to moving Chris Porzingis to the 5, which is something I'm sure Jeff Hornacek has envisioned, moving KP to the 5 and Carmelo to the 4, you go re-sign a guy like Lance Thomas, who's a versatile wing defender at the 3, and then you have 26 to 30 something million dollars to solidify a backup point guard, a backup center, and a starting
1: shooting guard. And that is, I
0: think, you know, that's
1: got to be the plan, right? Well, you know, I think another thing that this does is for um, freeze up some minutes for Willie Hernan Gomez, who the Knicks drafted last year and stashed overseas, um, who they're very high on, who they talked about at the time that, you know, he impressed them when they were watching Porzingis in Spain. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not coming here to ride, he's not coming here to ride the bench either. So, um, you know, there there has to be some playing time available for him. So, you know, if you talk about now playing playing KP some at the five, or the Knicks want KP to, you know, start playing at the five, because that's where they eventually see him. And then you, you got Willie as well. You still have O'Quinn on the roster, whether he stays or not. Um, you know, this as far as Robin Lopez goes, he played admirably here. Um, but Let's just keep in mind that he was never the Knicks' first choice last year. Um, you know, they kind of settled on him. Uh, I don't think that he was a that you know he's a Phil pivot if you will, um, but n- now you're selling high on, on Robin Lopez and and getting out of you know the contract. And I know there's you know I know people love to bring up the advanced stats and they talk about Robin Lopez, but at the end of the day, you know we're talking about a guy who you know who averaged ten and seven in a good year, and is blocking your best player from eventually, you know. And I'm going to talk about next year, but he was a he had three more years left of the deal is, is standing in the way of your franchise, you know, claiming his rightful spot. So, um, you know, it's not the end of the world as Nick's Twitter has made it out to be. And especially when you look yeah. at the, the big man market, is much better than the, the point guard market this summer. Well,
0: and that this sets up another question. It's the flexibility that I, I, I talked myself into being okay with the trade. Like I said, I didn't want to move those two guys, but by thinking this, and it provides us the flexibility of, you know, like you said, we're just dating D. Rose this year, and it opens up close to $60 million in cap space in December of 2017. So say Derek Rose comes in in Hornacek's offense and this new hybrid system and puts the terrific numbers and goes down, or he puts the terrific numbers and stays healthy. You have the option of re-signing him, or you have the option of saying, well, when D. Rose was healthy, man, look at those numbers this Plankard put up. You could use that to attract that, that high-level point guard next season, I'm hoping, um, and you'll still have money left aside for somebody else. Uh, so that's that, that I could see as a win-win, and the fact that I, I kind of mentioned this at the very top of the podcast, the 2017 first-round pick we have next year, say, God forbid, something happens again to Derrick Rose, something, we fall apart. We have a first-round pick, and next year's draft is stocked with I think six or seven, they say six or seven point guards are going to be drafted in the lottery next season. That's what they're projecting. So it is a win-win in that, in that case. And you, you know, you can showcase what the system can do to a top five point
1: guard. Absolutely. And it makes, you know, I think if you saw Jamal Crawford's tweet today, it immediately makes New York a more attractive destination uh, for free. Agents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because the cap is going to rise again next summer significantly, you know, I imagine that one, you know, one and one deals are going to be all the rage again this summer, you know, where guys are going to sign two year deals when you're opt out so they can get more money, even the top players. So um, it's it's going to be a, a very big pool to, put, to, to choose from next year. Um yeah. As opposed to having to say be defaulted into a Mike Tomley who now we have word is not, wasn't really interested in, in playing here anyway. Um, so now you create, you know, you create a void at, at center somewhat because you do need to fill those minutes and we'll probably fill them. You know, Noah is the word and it makes sense. Um, Ian Begley is reporting that and he was the one who had, um, you know, he was the one who had the Knicks having internal discussions about Rose last week that came out. So, um, you no, know, Dwight Howard I don't think Dwight Howard is, is realistic um, I don't think Whiteside Is is realistic I don't think um, You know, Paul Gasol is going to come here I think he'd probably go to the Spurs or something So, um, you know, I think Noah makes uh, A lot of sense for a, a lot of different reasons And he, it gives it's The perfect amount of minutes in, For, you know, when you split it between The other two guys
0: yeah, you know what, I, I have no problem at all with Joe. I think we definitely still, even though I believe Brandon Gomez has terrific upside, I be- I want a backup center uh, the caliber of a Joe Kim, Noah. And if we could get him for somewhere between, I would pay no more than 12 to $13 million per year. I think he might command up to fifteen, and I could probably live with that. Simply for the fact that I don't, I really want to start Porzingis at the five. Uh, I even I want to give him a chance to, and if he shows that he can't, then you have Noah there, and maybe they could split time at that position moving forward. I think here's what Noah does. Yes, extremely injury prone, but what an unbelievable passer he is, and and what a fit he is for the Trailblazers, and what a fit he is for New York City. I mean, the guy ever since he was drafted, like, this is an old school Knicks player. He's from New York. New Yorker, this is a too. guy that I would love on the Knicks. This is, a, this is a guy I would love to have on my team. And, um, yeah, and for that reason alone, you know, we need to solidify our bench and a big man. Boom, do that, and, and I'm okay with that. So that brings up to the second question, though, because say you give them, say, $12 million next year. I'm projecting the cap the year to have 30000000 million. Let's just say that. That leaves you with $18 million. The, the shooting guard market for Kent Bazemore and Alan Crabb, one of these guys um, is probably going to be right around between 14 to 16 million dollars a year. What would you do, Chris? If, I mean, who, what guys are you looking at to fulfill that need, the shooting guard position? Now, if you're say, say you've signed Noah, you have your backup big, you have Derrick Rose, you've got to get a starting shooting guard. What would you do? Besides, Lance well, I
1: Steve, don't know how. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much this changes. This trade changes the Knicks plans Um, and I only bring that up because Tony Roten was let go today. So I don't know if that was a reaction or planned or or what Um, I I guess it was, was planned, but I'm curious to see what the, what the reason, what the reasoning was there. Um, But the name that first comes to me is, is Evan Turner. And the reason why is because both sides have expressed interest. Uh, the Knicks have leaked on more than one occasion that they are, you know, that they that they like Evan Turner and are going to pursue him in free agency. Evan Turner has come out and said that, you know, he publicly that he's interested in the Knicks and thinks that they a good place for his skills. So, and the Knicks have an opening at Tugard. Now, I know this is not a name that really excites people, but Evan Turner has come a long way from his Philadelphia days. Um, you know, just watching watching tape on him on defense. You know, compared from his Philadelphia time to last year in Boston, it's night and day. I mean, the guy was missing rotations; he was all over the place, and he's turned out to be a pretty decent uh, two-way player. If you know, if one who really doesn't have the the most reliable shot, but you know, you, you get what you you're going to get what you pay for. You're not every player in this spirit. he brings a lot of other stuff. He's one always amongst you know the leaders in blocks amongst shooting guard positions. Um, you know, it helps to be six seven, but you know he's he's really got a um, a, a a nice passing game. And you know, when you put the the Knicks, you start to think about the Knicks starting five. Let's, let's make a presu- let's make a presumption that the Mello thing happens, and then you talk mm-hmm. about filling shooting guard with Evan Turner. So now you have Derrick Rose, Evan Turner, Mello, and Noah, who all average about five assists a game. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's not bad. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, well, that's
0: I mean, put, yeah. That's, that's. If I put it in that context, I get I get what you're saying. Um you're right. You have five guys that are good passers. K P showed the ability to pass last year as well. I mean he he's only gonna get better.
1: The number he, he was really that he had that cute behind the back pass, remember that?
0: And, right. And you do have two guys, the Knicks were very, you know, bad at getting the rim in fast breaks, in transition. You have two guys I I'm gonna presume. I haven't watched much D Rose. I honestly thought we had no chance of Tibb ever being in Nick. I never really I haven't watched him in two years. <laughs> so I don't know if he's still good at getting the rim. Evan Turner obviously one of the best at doing that, one of the best in the mid range, one of the best finishers at the rim. But here's my major concern with it. You know you're gonna get thirty five plus percent from three from Melo and Porzingis. I'm gonna assume that. Um but Derek shot. In the low 20s, I think 24% is what we just mentioned. So Evan Turner shot. So you're going to have a shooting guard who averages, who shoots, uh, what is he? He shot 24% from three this year, 27% from three the year before. And then you have Derek Rose who shot 29% and 28% over the last year. So you have two guys that are under 30% from three. In today's NBA, can you really have a backcourt that combines for 28% shooting from three? Um, That's my major concern.
1: Well, before I even debate that with you, I'm just going to say that there's no point yet because we don't. I mean, right now, we're talking hypotheticals, so you know we right. don't. We don't even know yet. So the only the only thing I think we can say for sure is that this is the precursor to more. Clearly, um,
0: yeah, right,
1: and that now the nick the Knicks roster has four people on it, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, Rose, Mello, Porzingis, and O'Quinn right now. Now you assume right. that they're going to bring in Hernan Gomez. That makes five. Langston is a restrictive free agent. Don't know what's going mm-hmm. to go on there. Um, you, uh, it, I don't know. Um, uh, and then you have the list of Knicks free agents. And one that you mentioned um, is Lance Thomas. I think he'll be back. Right. I think. Yeah. I think the Knicks are high on him. I think he likes New York. Um, Derek Williams. It came. out, I think Stefan Bondi of the Daily News said that um, you know, Derek Williams uh, uh, with Phil. Said that he's one of his. Um, he came, he's become one of. Despite Derek's mistakes, he's become one of Phil's favorites. So there's interest there to resign him, and he wants to be back. So now we're talking about eight players that you know that we that we can assume will be on the team. Um, and then there's mm-hmm. some other guys, some other names there that, you know, might be back for the end of the bench. You don't know whether that's a clean Anthony Early or, you know, believe it or not, I know it's going to make a lot of people unhappy, but Sasha Vujicic, I think there's a chance he could be back in a, in a much reduced role. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, there's, you know, we're talking about adding maybe, what, three, four players, and then we still have right. the draft coming up tomorrow, which the Knicks have been publicizing. So you have to think that they're going to make, a move And I think Christian Winfield has said today that the Knicks are looking to buy a pick in the late first, early second round.
0: Right. Well, let, let's talk about that. I know people on nykinformation.com, we had two pieces in the last week about the salary cap, one kind of highlighting Mike Conley and the various point guard options. But a recent one just came out on the salary cap. And that those figures are changing due to the Derrick Rose situation, but not very much. So the, you touched upon Langston Galloway and Lance Thomas, and the good thing about them is they have what's called a cap hold that's very low. So that when, I, when we say the Knicks have $30 million in cap space, that includes $2.1 million for a cap hold for Lance Thomas and $2.7 million for a cap hold for Langston Galloway. So what that means is that if the Knicks were to, if Galloway or Thomas, either one of them were to receive an offer of up to $6.3 million a year, the Knicks could keep that cap hold and match that offer. But if they say, say, for example, Lance Thomas gets a $10 million a year deal, they would have to use $3.7 million, which is the difference between 6.3 and 10, from their own cap space to retain Lance Thomas. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that and Galloway doesn't get an offer of more than $6.3 million, meaning we don't have to dip into our own cap space to retain Galloway. The cap hold stays the same. And then I think we're going to have to dip into our salary cap space to retain Lance Thomas. I'm thinking he'll probably get an offer in the eight to $10 million range. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I wouldn't mind dipping three to $4 million into our own cap space to retain him. He's a great uh, locker room guy, but also a very versatile defender before his injury it became a very solid three point shooter. And uh, yeah, so, so say that happens, you still have $29 million. So that's the positive. So if we do consider that, Anthony, Holiday, Rose, K.P., O'Quinn, Lance, um, and Langston, and Ernie Goldman, like you said. That's that's eight guys there. I forgot Holiday. With, yeah, Holiday. And is a 6'6 shooting guard, only 27 years old, played with the Warriors, the Hawks. I actually really like him. He shows good potential to be a solid wing defender, which I really like. Um, from three, he's a career 33% shooter. And in 27 games for the Bulls last year, he shot... Forty-one percent from three, and a in 2015, the hockey shot. Yeah, yeah, he shot about what 33 percent. So I mean, on his career, he's a 38 percent three-point shooter. So uh, that's a positive. I mean, actually, I'm sorry, he's a 32 percent three-point shooter. So go ahead. And
1: although he's making, although he's making 20 million dollars less, is also an expiring deal, just like they're in close. So um, you're not committed to him uh, beyond this year. He needs to make one right. million this year, and it comes off the books.
0: And I would rather have Justin Holiday than um, than Tony Roten, to be honest, big time. Um, so, obviously, Berman also reported that Roten's knee wasn't progressing as, as they would hope, and uh, therefore, oh, you know what, I'm true. sorry, we got to move forward. And, yeah, that is sad. Hopefully he does get it back up to um, the par and maybe gets into a, on a summer league squad. But we're really close to that. I mean, I think summer league in Orlando for the Knicks starts July 8th or something like that. Yeah, so, I just, mean, we're like two cause... and a half weeks away.
1: Just one second, I wanna take a moment to to acknowledge Tony Rotten because he was you know, although he never really got to suit up well he never really did suit up for the Knicks and never got to get on the court, he was you know, nobody beat their chest harder about being a New York Knicks and, and being excited about it. so um you know, shout out to him mm-hmm. I'm sorry that it didn't work out. And you know, best of luck to everybody. Wins. Hope he, hope he's healthy.
0: I know, such a young kid, so explosive, so quick before the injury, yeah. Totally I'm with you with that. We hope, in the be- uh, hope all the best for him in his future career. All right, so, so yeah, we're, we're talking Knicks, we're talking Cap Space, we're talking Derek Rose. You're listening to the NYK Exchange podcast presented by NYkinformation.com with Chris Delgado and myself, Sean Aquino. Was,
1: you know, this was supposed to be a free agency podcast, and then in the middle <laughs> of the day, it's turned into, you know, the, uh, the Knicks acquired Derek Rose. Yeah, um, so like I said, it's one thing we know for sure is that more, more moves are coming. Like you will get another player through the draft, and then who knows what in free agency. But you know, it's not like you know people. Are, people, some people would say, "Oh, well, you know, the Knicks have struck out historically." Yeah, it's, first, this is not this is not two thousand ten. Um, so, you know that was a lot. That was a different time, and now it's not even last year, if you will, because the Knicks are not coming off a 17-win season. Um, not that 32 wins is you know is something that's going to try free agents, but you're now coming to the table. Phil's coming to the table with a healthy Carmelo Anthony, which free agents didn't know at the time last year. Mellow was hurt, so they didn't know how he was going to respond to injury. So now Phil's saying, "Hey, I got a healthy Mellow. I got this young stud in Porzingis, who everybody loves. I have." Derek Rose now former MVP might not be the same player he was, but I think Derek Rose is still very well respected around the league. Um, I, you know, I think when it comes to guys that guys would think about playing with, he's probably more. You know, I don't not to take a shot at Robin Lopez, but I don't necessarily just despite his, you know, despite how great of a locker room reputation he has, you know, I don't necessarily think they are looking. You know, if they're looking at the roster like Derek Rose or Lopez. Rose is the one that probably stands out more to them. Um, so, um, and $30 million to get better and the flexibility to get better going forward. So, you know, the Knicks have the opportunity. To, well, I'm curious to see whether it's going to happen this year or next year, Sean, or it's going to be a combination of both. But the yeah. Knicks are about to turn a corner and they're also about to attract some. I would imagine to attract some bigger names. So, I don't know if they go for it this year and try to add two more players to Melo and Porzingis or another excuse me, I should say another player to Rose, Melo and Porzingis or they, you know, they do it next year. Um, yeah. But it's happening at one point.
0: Well, that that's yeah, the next question I had. I know, I read a report Kevin Durant would be more interested in the Knicks if they had a point guard. Is Derrick Rose a solid enough point guard, a consistently healthy enough point guard to make Kevin Durant go, hey, I, on paper, Derek Rose, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Dasperzini is pretty nice, right? Um, sure. I, I know Golden State's the number one team on him, and he'll most likely say an OKC due to the money, but do you think that it does make the Knicks a little bit more um,
1: attractive? Yes, but I don't think Katie ultimately signs here. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, we'll use KD as the example. Like, yeah, you're now, you know, whereas probably would have considered New York before, now you maybe think about it for a half a second. Um, you know, I think he's, I think it's, probably, you know, there are whole articles about how he's done his homework on the Bay and likes it out there. Um, you know, there's been some things about him liking the Celtics as well. But I do think if he moves, it'll probably be to Oakland. Um, obviously, the Warriors have a need for him. Um, if you saw how Harrison Barnes played in the finals, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, but yeah, um, to answer your question, yes, it, to to all free agents, I think it makes New York a, a more attractive destination. Like I said, it, I mean, just think about yourself. I mean, anybody listening to this podcast, yourself, Sean. Like, just think about it. Now, Phil's come, this is not last year. Phil's coming to the table and say, "Hey, look, you know, Mel's come off knee surgery. I had 17 wins last year, but you know." I have this rookie coach, we don't know if there's gonna be anything, uh you know, come take our money. Now he's coming yeah. to Oh, we have this rookie Latvian too, by the way, but you, you don't know you look good in some of league, but we don't know who he's gonna be. Right. Now he's coming to the table and like, Hey, by the way, I have this this like I said before, he yeah. has rose mellow, yeah. rose mellow and Porzingis and, and money to spend and it's 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 something tangible, it's something that free you agents say, Hey, I could fit I fit nicely with this or I don't. Um mm-hmm. but even more so I think this is this could also be about Showcasing how great New York could be for the 2017 class, I think I just think wow. a big part of that is is what's going on here.
0: Uh, I think that's you a great point. You have to be a contender. You have to be. I mean that that's the risk that I think where we could actually it, it's worth taking simply because we still like you said have the flexibility with a couch based system or next, and we have the first round pick. If all goes to hell. As a first-round pick, and we're in the lottery, and there are going to be six or seven great point guards available. Worst-case scenario, and then we'll have 60 million dollars to spend next summer. Pretty, pretty nice. Um, now, another thought that I had was, um, you have the, you know, the Derrick Rose situation is uh, I, this situation? It's it's pretty unbelievable. Who would have thought? I mean, remember when the season ended? if I was to tell you that we would add Jeff Hornacek as our head coach and Derek would be our starting point guard, I mean, none of us would have seen this coming,
1: right? You have gotten laughed out of town. You have gotten laughed out of town.
0: Right? I mean, Phil Jackson is really, I mean, unbelievable.
1: Um, Yeah, no, you – people would have laughed. And, no, like I said, this is – this is kind of the natural progression of things. They've been spent two years rebuilding. You know, a lot of people said today, well, what happened to the rebuilding plan with Derek Rose? I mean, you're not abandoning the rebuilding plan by signing Derek Rose for a year, <laughs> you know, or by bringing by acquiring Derek Rose and bringing him for a year. That's that's not abandon You know, if anything, like like you said, it creates more cap space next year. And some people are upset because they're like, well, if you replace Lopez this year, then you know they're assuming that you're going to, you know, be taking cap space away from next year. Um, you know, let's just see how it all works out. I mean, I think Phil is shown that he's savvy, that he has a plan. And then speaking of savviness, um, one thing about getting the Rose deal done now, as reported by Bobby Marks, was that the Knicks had waited till July to make this move. That they would have been a fifteen percent trade kicker, and it would have cost them an mm-hmm. extra three million of their cap this year. True. So, yeah, um, I think. Right. So, right? No, go ahead.
0: No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I read that as well.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I think the timing, I think some of this is really, um, so, what well, was, uh, there was some tact here involved with the Knicks and that they not only got this done for the money reasons, but also because, like I said, I think they wanted to go into free agency being more attractive. And now the question is what, what happens with that? Um, and then, you know, there's the potential, like I said, I'm not really, to me, like whatever we get out of there goes this year is, is great. It's, but um, you know, there, I think there is some potential for Derrick Rose in, in with Jeff Hornacek here. Um, you know, if if Rose is going to play, it'd be healthy. You know, what if I get seventy game? If I get seventy games out of Derrick Rose next year, I will be a very happy man. There would also be more games than he's played in the last four seasons. But you know, what do you think mm-hmm. next year? 66, 68?
0: 66, 66. so, so,
1: so yeah,
0: was, yeah. Right, he played sixty six. 51 the year before, 10 the year before, 39 the year before that, and then 81, 78, and 80. But, I mean, that he went from 35 minutes. Now he's back up to playing. He played 32 minutes a game last year, 42.7 from the field, 29.3 from three, a 79% from the line, uh, Yeah, 4.7 assists, 3.5 rebounds, and 16.5 points. So that that was his line. So, I mean, he did get better than the year prior. Uh, uh, but you know, well, I mean, I'm just
1: you know. worried he's going to go down. <laughs> oh, and if he, if you, well, that's what I said. We have to wait and see what happens. I have a we feeling have to. Pick. That the Knicks are. I have a feeling there's going to, there is going to be some type of contingency plan in the backcourt. I don't think Derrick Rose is, is the end of our off-season acquisitions um, in the backcourt. Right. Um, but you, you know, and if he does go down, like you said, there's, you know, there. Worst case scenario, the Knicks own all their picks going forward. So, you know, you're kind of you kind of hedging your bet. But it's not it's it's a it's not a bad. I would say I can't even use the word risk because there is no risk involved here for the Knicks. Um, and Derek Rose is playing for a contract as well. But I don't think Derrick Rose is that type of player. If he's healthy, he's going to give it give it what he has. You know. So, um, all right. Yeah, I, I really don't see the um, the downsides in this. I understand people are upset about Lopez, but you know that I'm sure the the front office has their has their reasonings that we're not privy to um, yet. Uh, so it's like I said, it's not um, a bad thing yeah. at all, and it's just funny that you know people we go from Jose Calderon to Derek Rose, and people are like up in arms. <laughs> I think uh, Chicago fans got- are really upset. They are pissed off. I will tell you that much. Yeah, I
0: think uh, some people. I think NYK Information tweeted a link to uh, to the the Rose trade, and I think underneath it on Twitter you see a bunch of upset fans. What What were some of the comments that stood out to you?
1: I've see, I've literally seen um, Chicago Bull fans quit and become Nick fans today. Said they were jumping on <laughs> Nick's fan wagon. I'm not even I'm not even joking. They were asking for who they should follow, <laughs> who they should follow from Nick's Twitter. Um, but wow, yeah, no wow. I mean, even I even like even just speaking to some Bulls fans personally, like even yesterday before this happened, they're like, "Look, if I'm going to give you Rose, we're not giving you him for nothing. Like you got to give us something back." Um, so you know, I don't think that uh, it's funny. Like everybody in New York is. Chris, you there? Rose, you know he is their prodigal son. Um. But you know, at the end of the day, their fans are, are not happy with what they're what's with, with what they're getting in return for what they gave up, and I think that says something.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I just thought, again, I think that this shows the commitment to Carmelo Anthony. I mean, with Jerry and Grant there, I always thought this kid could be a starting caliber point guard in year three or four. He has a chance to be. He'll definitely be a, a solid backup, I think, and. The way that Fisher's taught the triangle, I don't think was fair to his capabilities. So we haven't seen the best of him, but I really like him. And I, 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 I was a guy that wanted lopez over Monroe. I was That was my top choice last summer. So it's hard for me to kind of say, you know, you have a cost-controlled asset in Lopez for the next three years, and you let him go. On the other hand, I understand, you know, the, the temptation of saying we maintain flexibility by taking a swing for the fences and, and trying to, uh, again, showcase our system, Get them, and, and we have a point guard that if he stays healthy, will truly get the best out of Carmelo Anthony and Chris Desporzingis in multiple pick-and-roll situations, especially if they spread out, spread out the floor that way. So now for me, the question is, you need to solidify this team defensively. And I think maybe having Noah play 20 to 25 minutes off the bench solidifies you there, or start say he starts and doesn't play a lot of minutes. But I think the key for me is getting, you know, I got to look at more tape on Evan Turner to find out if he's an average or above average defender. You know, he historically, he hasn't been, but maybe he improved last year. But if he's at least an average defender, I would be more open to it. But I just want a couple more pieces in the backcourt that could defend. Um, I think that that is going to be, you know, whoever the backup point guard of Derrick Rose must be able to defend. Whoever the starting, starting shooting guard we sign needs to be able to defend because, Carmelo had a great, a much better, improved year defensively, but he still needs a lot of work. KP still has a lot to learn to be the guy who manages the middle. So, I mean, there's still a lot of questions defensively, and that's kind of what's always been killing the Knicks, you know, over the last 15 years.
1: head coach as well, I think I don't, I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast, but you know, I'm I, I'm sure. Hornacek will be able to help with players shooting, and that teams on, you know, can he coach defense? Um, so that I think that's you know, there's a, a bigger question there as well. And of course, you want to fill, you want to um, give him as many defensive players as possible. But I let mean, let's wait and see. It's exciting because you know this has been a long, this has been a long time, and the Knicks are finally coming, and the Knicks are finally ready to turn a corner. Probably in the next two weeks, as far as you know what their roster is looking like. As, you know as far as talent goes. So um, yeah, it's it's you know it's year three. It's the you know the rebuild is still going on, but it's also time to you know make the playoffs and make this place attractive to free agents. If we have mm-hmm. money next year.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you at a certain point you have to jump in when you know. If you've had – if you're Phil Jackson and you've had a heart-to-heart with Carmelo Anthony and he's not going anywhere no matter how bad it gets, you've got to go for the don't playoffs this year. <laughs> well, but, you know, so oh, Carl, I don't think so. I agree. I think eventually he, if we don't make the playoffs this year, if, say, yeah, come this February, if we're obviously not making the playoffs, he's probably going to want to be traded. But I, But my point is that if you – Feel like Carmelo is going to be there with you if you have a shot to make the playoffs this year. And to me, this move is a playoffs or bust move for the New York Knicks. Right?
1: No, I don't necessarily think so. No, uh, is, no I mean I don't think it's a playoff, playoffs or a bust move. Um, no, it's. I, I just don't think there's any bust involved here. You know, like it's just it's just a, a one year rental with a. Player that used to be an MVP, but mm-hmm. got hurt, and now he's still good, and he's going to be a free agent. Like, you know, that's yeah. it's like so I think it's more of more of the, uh, more of a showcase for both sides, if anything. Sure, but I don't definitely well, don't think it's. I, I think overall, maybe the organization is thinking, you know you need to make the playoffs this year? I I, I don't think that's without question they've been, they've been saying that. But, you know, the roster, last year they had a half a team. This year they they actually had, they finally, after two years rebuilding, they, the work that's been put in is finally going to pay dividends in that. They can now field a full team of competitive players. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think we're closer to that. With the $3 million, I think we are, yeah, we're, we could, we can sign, if we sign a shooting guard, a Kemp Bazemore or an Evan Turner, as you said, then you have a, a legit starter at every position. Um, it, you know, and, and Noah, I, I, this is the other major question, Mark. I don't know what we're going to do at center. You know, the fact that Hornacek is coach, the fact that he believes in spacing and up-tempo, I mean, you could not, to me, offensively find any two better players to be your starting center and power forward if you're running that type system. The Carmelo and KP. I mean, Hortisek had Channing Frye and Marcus Morris looking, like, unbelievable at the 4-5 the year they won 48 wins, playing that role. You put KP and Melo in that role with a competent point guard, like Derrick Rose, if he stays healthy, it could do a ton of damage. Um, so, to me, I, I want to even think about signing you know a De- Dwight Howard. Um, I, I would sign a guy that could split time with Porzingis at the center position. That, that's what I would do.
1: Yeah, and that's why a guy like Noah or Paul Gasol would, would make sense. But um, yeah, to 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 your point, like I, I think they've you know I think they have addressed this somewhat where they've talked about I recall Hornacek talking about you know they're going to play Porzingis by five depending on, depending on the matchup. Um, I also yeah. vaguely recall either from the press conference or, or the 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 Nick special that they said that KP's still not ready to play full time five. He's just not, you know, he's uh, just not physically there yet. And I understand that. That you don't want. That. I think they also, you don't want him there full-time. It's going to wear him down. You know, he's got a lot of other things. As you said earlier, as much as we love KP and as great as he looked last year, you know, he's been the first to tell you that he's still got a lot more to learn out there. So you have to make things easy easier for him and not put too much on his plate as once. So let him continue to let him to, excuse me, to allow him to continue to develop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, how much of a boost do you think this is another me looking at it from a positive perspective, obviously the way things went down for Derrick Rose, it's a sad, it's a sad situation. Um, how much of a boost do you think this new market for Derrick Rose could have? I mean, obviously a big market in New York with the fan base, you know, obviously dependent on the rest of the moves we make the rest of the summer. But just the fact, say Derrick Rose is the biggest name we add and we surround him with defensive pieces do you think that the Knicks fan base can be something that, that really motivates Derek Rose in the last year of his contract to, to really step up like never before?
1: Well, I would say it's like people um, – I think people kind of say this unanimously about Derek Rose is that he's just not that type of player. Um, you don't need to motivate him. He's already sure. motivated. Um, if you look what he's gone through coming back from the multiple injuries – um, you know, the tremendous pressure on him in Chicago. I mean, this was supposed to be their, like I said, their prodigal – this was supposed to be their LeBron. Let's just be real, um, you know, because he was from Chicago, you know, and he was supposed to be the heir apparent to – to to jordan um now the n b a rigged the draft so he could land there they had a one point seven have a one point seven percent chance of landing the first pick, and magically they did It's funny how that works out with the n b a every year um uh-huh. but you know derek rose is uh you know like i said it, i think you know whatever derek like i said before whatever Derek rose gives us this year is a is a is a bonus, but he's a word is that he is um, excited about New York. That he wanted New York. He was terribly upset about leaving Chicago, but you know when he heard that it was happening, that he he really wanted the spotlight of New York. Um, that was what uh, one of the NBA people uh, put on Twitter today. So you know I respect that, and I'm guessing he wants to come here to showcase himself. You know in the big spotlight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it, it could. I mean, we we love point guards in New York City, and you have a guy who obviously we've seen what he's been able to do. If he comes in, excuse me, and he averages 16 and seven, and plays average defense, or even 16 and six, statistically that's good. I I really want to see him get that three point shooting percentage up because if not, you're going to have teams that aren't going to want to. We're gonna, you know, go under the picks, and our pick and rolls won't be as effective. He's gonna to have to get that up, and I, and hopefully he does. Uh, his high so use, so that's where you think Horn could come in and help. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, 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 that's where you that's think Horn
1: could help, definitely help him with his help him with his shot.
0: Totally. You know, we were talking about the Knicks roster, and one guy we failed to mention was Clay Anthony. Early, I know the Knicks have an option of 1.18 million dollars um, to pick up his option this year. We won't have to make that decision until later, but the, that it was something else that we needed to to put out there. But the numbers that I'm getting, and it's been verified by BasketballInsiders.com, is that the Knicks would have, and Bobby March from the vertical, is that the Knicks would have $30 million. So Knicks are going in, and that includes Queen Anthony Early uh, with $30 million in cap space on July 1, which is seriously just eight days away, what, nine, nine days away from the craziness?
1: And currently... And currently, about what, what, what four? Well, I mean, it's, you'd say approximate the four four to five spots, um, you know, roster spots open. Uh, maybe like three to four before you get to the, uh, you know, before you once you before you get out of the top twelve, um, you know. And there's also a question whether or not they keep O'Quinn here. Um, I will, you know, O'Quinn was recently invited to. Um, to Latvia with Porzingis, and um, right, and I guess that would bode well for his future. I don't know, um, but you know he's he's a what three point nine cap hit for the next three years, um, right? So I don't know. I'm curious to see if he stays or not. But you know, if you look at well, the next yeah. roster, there really isn't much. There really isn't much there at the moment other than Rose Rosemilla and Porzingis. Like I said, we don't know if O'Quinn's going to stay. Um, you know, get, we got the other guy from the Bulls Um Hernan is likely coming. Who knows what happens to Langston? We'll get him back, we'll get Links. Thomas be back, we'll get we'll Derek Blue's will back. Like I said, I have a feeling Sasha Vujicic will probably be back. Um so I mean the at the end of the day we're like I said, we're talking about having like what, the three more players that and like you know, these guys, Clay Anthony might not play much, more like an end of the bench type player. But like I said, it's all at this point. We're you and I are just it's all speculation. The great part about it is we're going to find out in about what a week, two weeks, two weeks.
0: Yep. ten days, ten days will probably know the, the the big news. Yeah, another thing I well, should have mentioned about Ernie and Goldman. Well, go ahead before I get into
1: that. No, I just say I'll tell you one thing I'm not looking forward to, Sean, is that you know is the endless free agent reporting that hey the Knicks are you know have just gone to Kevin Durant's house and they met with him for, <laughs> for eight hours and then yeah. and then like you have to wait days like you hear that like ESPN has like you know is showing clips of like cars driving out of Kevin Durant's <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then yeah, you have yeah, to wait like, three or four days to hear any type of news whatsoever and it comes at the most random time
0: yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. That's it's, going to happen. I heard uh, Durant will be taking his meetings in Los Angeles. He originally, I guess, was going to do it in New York, but he changed it to L.A. Um, I, you know, I have a feeling it'll get done pretty quickly. You know, at midnight, Golden State will make their call, and, and Durant will probably make a decision, I don't know, hopefully soon, because typically the big guys take some time, and everyone's waiting for that shoe to drop before all the other deals occur. But it's good to know uh, the Knicks – oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say you make a great point because people are like, well, why you know, even if you're if you're the camp like, oh, why are we talking about KD? The Knicks aren't gonna sign sign KD. Um, you need those top free agents to come off the market, so it sets so it sets the value for the next tiers of guys. Um, that's typically right. how free agency works in all sports. So, you know, the sooner that happens, the sooner you can get to the guy. You know, there they could be, the, you know you Can get to the guys the Knicks are likelier to sign. Right.
0: One other thing I was going to mention about William and Gomez is that since he's a second round pick, we would be able to sign him, but not to a, a deal like a, a you know, not a second round pick deal because he was an international player. So we do have we will probably have what's called the room exception, which is a little bit around two point eight or two point nine million dollars. So most likely that'll be earmarked for Hernan Gomez. Um, I don't know exactly what his market will be, but I'm sure that $2.9 million cap exception, a room exception, will probably do the trick to bring him on. I mean, people are saying that if, if Willie was to come out in this year's NBA draft, that he would have been uh, a mid-first round draft pick. So, again, he was 35 weren't there, weren't
1: there, last year. weren't there some numbers floating around about a month or two ago about um, four to five, four to four and a half million for hundred Gomez? Is what he was looking for.
0: I think I think something like that, and I know it has been refuted by agents, or that the deal hasn't been completed yet. I don't know. That seems like a high. I mean, like for example, KP is making four point three million next year, and he's in right. the number four pick overall. So I don't think right. it's like I don't think it'll work like that. I think something more along the line of two million dollars on a multi-year deal would be nice, So maybe a player or team option after the second year would be interesting, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a problem to keep him and to keep, I think, Lance and Galloway. And so you're looking at really, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Yeah, nine guys. You're looking at six players that you need to fill and you have 32 point, actually it's 32.28 million because I didn't include, um, I actually had Jerry Grant on the last one. So the next I have about 32 million bucks.
1: So, and, and then, then you, they you move a, O'Quinn. Or more depending on what they do with O'Quinn, right.
0: Right, you move Oakland, That's you're looking at thirty six point two million. It's pretty
1: good. Yeah, and then you know, they'll probably fill a lost spot with at least one draft pick. You would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, they're gonna have. And I agree with uh, you. Sasha will be pick. back too. <laughs> yeah. So they're gonna. You know, they're gonna. They're going to have a bunch of cheap guys in the roster, and of course it helps to have a poor Zingas who's only making 3.8. So, you know, yeah. they're going to be able to, if they so wanted to, be able to take a, a run at a max contract. Or, And I don't think, you know, they will. I think one thing that's gotten lost in all this is that when Phil first took the job and he signed Mellow, was that he didn't pour, he didn't foresee any more max contracts on the team. Um mm-hmm. He he's kind of uh, against them, you know. I you know Melo doesn't even have a full max contract. We're being honest here. He took a discount, um, as as small as it was. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of believe that that you know Phil and Phil's been just because Phil's been pretty true to his word. Or you know, I think they're going to kind of stick to that. I don't see this being a at this point being a super team of of multiple max player guys. Yeah. Yeah, and we, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's well, going to be built around, like good. what he said, guys who think he can, guys they believe have a set of skills that fit how they want to play. So right. That's why, you know, we talk about the guy, that's why we talk about, that's why Noah and Gasol become more attractive options than, than Lopez. Although, good, you know, the right. point was brought up that people want to see the defense, but you can't, it's hard. To, it's, I don't understand why people are getting so up in arms about a team that has five people on it. Five and they're like, oh, the next defense is gonna suck next year. How do you know? <laughs> There's five people on the team. <laughs>
0: five. I mean, obviously, yeah, we're gonna put some focus in the next ten roster spots on guys that can defend, because right now we really, you know, out of those five guys, we really don't have a lockdown defender. So, you know, I think that Phil Jackson understands that moving forward.
1: So, yeah. So we're, hey, I mean, Sean, we're gonna have like, I- a thirty. 30- no, go ahead. ahead. Finish your point. I want to say it. Finish your point. I want oh no, I'm
0: going to say we're going to have thirty-six million dollars to figure it out. You know,
1: I'll finish it on this point, and I'll put it the question to you and everybody who listens: Are you more excited to watch the Knicks today than you were yesterday? Definitely, yes. Uh, more intriguing. <laughs> more
0: Absolutely. intriguing, and and Derek wrote to really open up the floor for Carmelo and KP in Hornets' offense. That that's. What's most intriguing, and I trust Phil to get the rest of the signings right with 30 plus million. So, at this point, yes. Now, if we sign Dwight Howard on July 1st, then I am not gonna be excited. Maybe I should be. I don't know. I won't know what the hell to think. I'm not gonna. At this point, I'm not taking anything out of the equation.
1: That would just kinda be. I, mean, I don't know. neither do I. I mean, I don't know. That would be kind of weird. I don't know. Unless it's a one in one. Yeah. You know. I don't, you know. Uh, but even still like soak all your, all, so many needs to soak all your money into him, and I don't necessarily, yeah. like I said, is he a better fit than Noah both right. on the court and culturally? Because we, I think we agree that Noah is going to be a positive for your locker room and the culture here. Is Dwight? Yeah, I agree. Is Dwight I totally have agree. The reverse, he's going to have the adverse effect. You know. Um, right. So. You know, and this, and we talk max contracts, which Dwight has openly said he wants a max contract. You know, it's not the twenty-seven million we were talking about giving Mike Conley. This is thirty-point-eight million in the first year. It's the guy who's thirty mm-hmm. and and a bad back. So yeah, yeah no, well, like I said,
0: there you go. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll do another podcast after the draft and before free agency. Maybe on the eve of free agency, we gotta sign off for now. You can follow Chris. Delgado at Del Blago. Follow me at S Aquino 34 and go to nykinformation.com on Twitter at nykinformation.com. You can download the podcast on um, Stitcher or iTunes. So thank you guys, as always, for listening to the NYK Exchange podcast. Good night.